The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. and welcome to the April episode of On The Rag. We made it. Starring me, <laughs> Alex Casey, <laughs> spin-off Arte editor Leonie Hayden. And a very special guest, Madeline Chapman, spin-off staff writer. Um, big thanks before we start to the Women's Bookshop who make this podcast happen. Check them out in real life on Ponsonby Road in Auckland or on the World Wide Web at www.womensbookshop.co.nz. Uh, if you head along to our Facebook page this month, we are giving away Go Girl by Barbara Else. Uh, you can check that out, facebook.com slash pod. It looks like an awesome book. It's one of those, like, storybooks for uh, children, I imagine. Cool. Featuring the likes of Damfina Cooper, Janet Frame, um, Lord. It's, it looks amazing. I want it. Mm, me so, too. Oh, Meditator. Meta. Go try win that. We'll make it easier bar of entry this time. I think our one for Michelle's book was quite complicated. Really? It was. Um, Anyway, coming up on today's episode, what in the name of hell is an incel? (laughs) Is there a secret message in the new Rebel Sport ad? And is using a moon cup as terrifying as the lamestream media would have you believe? (laughs) I fucked it up. (laughs) Would have you believe? (laughs) I'm trying so hard. It's really hot. Um, Which leads me to my first point. Can we talk about how hellish shopping is? Because <laughs> I just went. It's what? It's three o'clock now in the afternoon. I've had to go and buy a new top because I have sweated through my clothes. And it's autumn. It and is it's autumn. basically winter. I don't know what's going on. Is it hot or is it just me? No, it's... I'm having a problem. It's very warm. I'm basically wearing a shirt made of <laughs> tissue paper. I didn't realise how like see-through it was until I went out for lunch and... It just felt like I I didn't realise I left the house. I can see everything through my shirt. But it's all I could handle wearing today. It's so hot. Yeah. Good. I know I'm not alone. But my my gripe, so I went into Glasson's, lovely Glasson's on Queen Street. When shops have those, um, I'm also aware that we've just gone straight into this feminist podcast talking about shopping. And some people are (laughs) going to get annoyed by that, but it's fine. Um, Those curtains that are so long and heavy with the huge gold rings at the top. Yeah. And you need to like... Charge your arm up <laughs> to try and swing the whole curtain across. Yeah. So there's not cavernous gaps on each side, but everyone there's can see my like gross sweaty body like <laughs> freaking out trying to cram myself into these chiffon blouses <laughs> that are gonna make me sweat more. I know that's gonna happen when I put that new top on. But it just annoys me. Like changing rooms are hell on earth. Thoughts. 
I did some bra shopping in the weekend and that's awful for all <laughs> kinds of other reasons. But it, the place I went was one of those bend on outlets and the changing room was tiny and you have to basically be naked to mm. try on those clothes. Yeah. And I had just, I couldn't remember where I'd put the yeses and the noes and the maybes and my actual bra and I accidentally <laughs> gave the lady back my actual bra and then I demanded to come back and give it back to me. And it turns out that every time you visit a store, you are just magically one size bigger than the last time you were there. <laughs> Even though your old bras still fit you, what the <laughs> fuck kind of mystic shit is that? It's truly witchcraft it's and so fraught. But yeah, the, the gaps in the, in the curtains at, um, at Glassons really wig me out as well. Yeah, so I'm already vulnerable. Why are you making it so much worse? And I get real stressed. Like I start, I'll like set my bag up against the curtain on each oh, yeah. side because I'm like, no one is seeing any part yeah. of me <laughs> but the thing is like i will walk through to go to a change room and i'm obviously not looking into any others <laughs> and yet as soon as i go into mine i'm like everyone is looking when they come yeah. past they're gonna see <laughs> yeah. me in the mirror you're gonna see me oh, bent over doing something up inevitably someone's like little kid that's waiting for them to get changed mm. just comes over and yanks open the curtain or something or just like stands in the gap staring at you like a creep <laughs> little kids are the worst in that situation um, Mad, you you had an interesting. Uh, you got trapped basically oh, in a changing room in the I Gold can't. Coast. My sort of, even if I do want help, I won't ask for help because mm. I'm just so, not susceptible to buying things. My mum will be like talked into buying a lot of stuff just to get out of a shop. <laughs> I will not buy anything, but I also am not like polite enough to just leave. So I just waste everyone's time. Mm. And so I went into. Myers, I think it's called. Meyer? Myers. Just a big, like, department store in Australia. And I was just looking around, seeing everything was way too expensive, but just, like, seeing if there's anything that I would want. And then um, this lady came over and was like, oh, can I help you with anything? And for some reason I said yes. <laughs> and then I asked for something very specific. And she was like, well, we don't have that, but we have all of these infinite other options for you. And so she just started <laughs> pulling all this random crap off things and being like you can pair some pants with a sparkly top and this and this and this and I was like oh maybe okay and, <laughs> no. then, and then she like put them all on a rack and they were like five full outfits and then she called across to the woman who was like across the way she was like Susan do you have any others and then she was like no but we have some of these and then they just like worked together oh, no. and they put all this stuff you. and then there were just all that I was like maybe I'll just because I was like I can't leave without trying stuff on they've got this whole closet full of stuff so I was like maybe I'll just try something on now and she's like okay and then I thought okay as soon as they leave I'll like go in the change room and then immediately just walk out and just leave it all in there and then she followed me in not not into the physical change room but she did like come in at one point and was like as soon as you put on the first outfit um just yell out and I'll come and see. And I was like, oh. And then I tried on. They looked like Oompa Loompa pants. They were like these <laughs> really tight striped <laughs> pants. And I was so hot and sweaty. Like I was like you could touch my stomach and it was like slick with sweat. And these were like these high-waisted pants. Oh and then she came back. She was like, are you ready? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. And I was just like, I don't think they're really my style. And then she was like, go on, show me. I was like, oh. So then I opened the door and she was like, oh, well, no wonder you left your socks on. They're not going to look good with socks. Take your socks off. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I took my socks off. And then she was like – 
reaching over and like hoisting up the pants, which meant that she was definitely touching my sweaty tummy. <laughs> oh my god! Hoisting up the pants, and then she goes, "Also, you're not wearing the right undies." And oh I was like, god. "What?" And she goes, "With these high waist ones, you got to wear like high underwear." So that, it, and then she patted my roll. <laughs> she patted my roll and was like, "So that we can, you know, sort this out." And I was like. Stop touching <laughs> my slab, please. That is oh, my man. actual yeah. nightmare. Yeah, well, yeah. So then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then she left. And then she was like, try on the sparkly top. She was obsessed with this like sparkly, heavy, like woolen top. And I was like, as soon as I put this on, I am just going to sweat straight into it. And so... I was like, oh, okay. So I put on, she goes, you got to tuck it into the pants. I was like, oh, all right. And then I tucked it in and I just looked so stupid. And then she was like, open the door, open the door. And I was like, so I opened oh the door and then I could hear like other people like getting changed. And I was like, as long as no one else sees me in this, it's fine. And she goes, come out into the long mirror. <laughs> look at it out here. And I was like, oh my no. God, and then we went out, she was like, doesn't it look fantastic? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And then, yeah, and then finally she was like, okay, try on all the other tops. And as soon as she left, I just took everything off. Oh, my God. Got back into my normal clothes. So that by the time she came back, she was like, what do you reckon? What about the other tops? And I was like, you know what? You were right. The first one's definitely the best one. And Did you buy it? Just wait. And then, <laughs> and then she goes, well, great. We should, um, she goes, even if you just get, like, the pants on their own or the top on its own and then you can come, you know, she was really selling it. And then we went out and I was like, do you have lay-by? <laughs> and then she goes, Why are yeah. you doing this? <laughs> why was I? Yeah, why? I just can't, like, I can't leave. I have to basically make a very, like, plausible Take exit. a phone call. Just take a phone call. I, just, oh, I can't act. Everything. I can't act. So then I was just like, do you have lay-by? I'll put this on lay-by. What time do you close? I'll make sure I'll be back. <laughs> like, I really <laughs> got into it. It was going to be like 500 and something dollars for those pants and that top. And I was like, I can see how people end up oh buying things that they don't ever uh, wear again. See, I just think that's straight up bullying. It's it was so really full on. But like all like very not, and then I was like, well, I, I can't complain because it's not like I ever just said, no, I don't want. Like yeah. I was just so like, oh, okay, sure. It's literally like oh. deer and brown. It's the push. Yes. It's the push. I would have pushed someone off a building <laughs> to avoid buying the sparkly <laughs> top. You're like, I will do a murder. So, mate, now that you've got the sparkly top on, go to the room. <laughs> I'm like sure, yeah. Oh, it was so bad. I was so sweaty and like gross. It and sounds then, like hell. Like I was wearing the like shabbiest clothes and mm. she was like you don't want to go too hard out because you want stuff that you can wear again I was like oh no I don't dress nice so I'm not going to wear this regardless <laughs> yeah. like I'm never wearing this again yeah and then she goes no 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 no." and she goes so like these pants these high-waisted very tight vertical striped pants like you'll definitely wear these again and I was like mm, no a weird assumption to make about people who walk into your shop who could be literally into anything yeah, yeah like, it was I real just scary you. <laughs> yeah, and then I like we went back like two days later. My sister was like, "Oh, why don't we go look in?" I was like, "I can't, I can't go <laughs> oh in God. that store. You at need all. to go into witness protection." Even now. In the, even the whole mall, I was like walking around going, "I'm gonna walk past her. She's gonna see me. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna pull me back in. Yeah, run after That's you amazing. with the stripy pants." Uh, yeah, it was a wow. nightmare. And I've never been into a store since. <laughs> nor, yeah, nor and never you. will again. <laughs> nice segue. Talking to changing rooms. There's changing rooms in Rebel Sport, isn't there? <laughs> great, great work, Alex. I've been trying really hard to be like a radio professional. Uh, the new Rebel Sport ad. 
has uh, caused some controversy. It's a lovely ad, first of all. Matt, do you want to, because you brought the story to my attention, do you want to kind of describe the, the backstory and the context of the ad first? Yeah, so I don't think, Rebel Sport has never had an ad campaign that has been based solely around female athletes. They have had black ferns in their ads before, but they're usually alongside like three all blacks or you can tell it was sort of just like a, oh we should get yeah like, the old every- one woman from balance yeah situation. we should get everyone in here we technically uh you know we have other teams um but this one and now oh god now i'm gonna botch it the woman who's in this one rebecca wood <laughs> rebecca wood mm-hmm. yes she has not been on usually you would sort of your go-to would be like portia woodman or Sarah Goss or one of the sort of more well-known but she is in this one because the campaign is about women having more essentially more than one life because they are professional athletes and they are also ex which for Rebecca Wood is a firefighter Mm. and so the ad is cool it's like her with a rugby ball running through a burning house being Evading, yeah, evading tackles, evading falling, I don't know, timber, and Mm. then saving a child. And then it's like... And she boots it back down the field with the the kid over her shoulder. jumps, slides through (laughs) the ground, touches down under the post. Yeah. Um, But it's like Rebecca Wood. It says rugby world champion, firefighter, how many lives you live is up to you. Yeah. Which initially so, is like, oh, I got chills. Yeah, like it's a, it's very well made. It's really cool. And it's, it seems to be a campaign all on its own. Like they don't also have, well, they can't because All Blacks don't have other jobs. But it's just sort of its own thing and it's dominating the rebel sport marketing. Mm-hmm. But I guess the one sort of drawback is that it's, it's like this shouldn't even be a thing. Mm. Like there shouldn't have to be ads with professional athletes where they talk about their other jobs yeah. or where they showcase mm. how they've got a full-time job that actually pays proper money. Yeah. That so, the irony of, like, how many lives you live is actually not up to you because yeah. you yeah. have to have another job to it's be a professional athlete. New Zealand rugby who aren't paying you to be professional athletes. Yeah. So it's sort of like it's a cool ad. I mean, it, I mean, I guess it was the best that Rebel Sport could do because Rebel Sport aren't paying their wages. Yeah. Mm. Um. It was kind of their appreciation of what almost every female athlete has to do outside of being a professional athlete. But there's also that thing of like, oh, it's kind of normal, not normalizing, but kind of making it seem cool that to have yeah, two jobs absolutely. when mm. it would be cool to just like – you go, oh, actually, that's quite, you know, you see, I saw some men commenting going, that's pretty impressive, you know, mm. firefighter. And it's like, was it, would it be less impressive if she wasn't also a firefighter? She was yeah. just was a like, professional rugby player, you know? Yeah. yeah. So there is kind of a um, thing. But I think overall, it's good. It's a, if anything, maybe it's just the how many lies is up to you, the kind of choice thing is a mm. bit iffy. Yeah. Do they get, like, sweet sponsorship money, the Black Friends? 
Do you see them around much on buildings and stuff? No. No. <laughs> Not even really. like the name recognition. You the silver ferns yeah. have like like fish and pike or something, right? Yeah, they're something they're really been, Yeah. <laughs> really glamorous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really upsetting. I'm glad that they're getting some sponsorship money, but does it have to be cleaning? Appliances. <laughs> it's a woman in a dishwasher. You love a washing machine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting talking point, at least. And mm. I agree with you. I think the ad is like really cool. And like the um, the full length one, which they probably don't play on telly because it is quite long, um, that's on YouTube is really affecting because mm. she just, she's so powerful. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, and I do like that sort of, um, that it is still like really feminine as well like you're still looking at her as a woman rugby player rather than you know they're not trying to sort of masculinize her and the, when she gets to the little kid and it's very sweet and she picks her up and then boots it back down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the ad i agree mm. but yeah how many lives you live is up to you is it's it's worth questioning at the very least mm. it's this sort of tension between and i mean like the dove real beauty is a classic example where brands to have the best intentions, mm. right, to fight for a certain kind of representation or change people's perceptions of a thing. But that's still not free from, like, all these other things yes. to consider. So we're not necessarily, like, slamming the whole thing. It's just, like, you've got to keep these things in mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's cool and watch it. It made me want to buy a bloody pair of leggings. <laughs> Go for a jog. <laughs> Live a second life. <laughs> Sometimes jogger. <laughs> Not even a jog. Uh, let's talk about some cool tips of the month, shall we? This is always a good a good segment. What have you guys learned this month that you'd like to pass on to our beloved listeners? Mine is horrifying. I love it. Is it about your toenails again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. Them? I'm very sorry. They're Are covered they by socks. They're just as terrible <laughs> as they were last month. Um, no, this is horrifying. Um, my tip is not very cool. My tip is to never, ever, ever ever use a kettle in a hotel or a oh, motel room. Oh, my God. Yes, I saw Because I learned yesterday that people wash their undies by boiling them in hotel and motel kettles. People clean their undies in them and then Who we... Who is doing that? Come what? on. Patrick and then we have, I mean, it is, It's so insane. I, every time I think about it, I just want to puke all over the walls. <laughs> Where did you find this out? It was told to me by Sam Brooks, editor okay. of the spin-off gaming and TV sections, but it was also confirmed by someone else who was there at the time. It was like, yeah, I thought everyone knew that. It's a thing that people know. Does Do that know? work? Well, I'm sure. Why not? I mean, boiling water kills bacteria. Mm. It is. It's the right size, for, I guess, for washing a couple of pairs on the go. It's a good Rorschach test for the reaction when you tell people, because I went <laughs> home and told my whole flat. And I have six flatmates and five of them all were like, oh, I'm never like, I'm never touching a kettle and, you know, blah, blah, ever again. And the other one goes, I don't know, you could wash your undies in the kettle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so hasn't tried it yet, but will. Yeah, but he goes, oh, good idea. Yeah, well, there you go. We've just figured out there's two kinds of people in this yeah. world. I'm shaking. Yeah, so my tip is to stay clear. I mean, I, I, it's boiling water inside. I guess it's probably fine, but... Uh, yeah, oh, no, you no. don't want that. No. 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 What about you, Mad? I don't know. Every time I listen, I'm like, I have a better tip than that. And now <laughs> I'm on and I have nothing. Mad. The shade. Absolutely nothing. Have a think. I've got a basic tip. 
go to sleep. <laughs> wow. Last night, I went to sleep. I've also been got real into Sharkty Mats, hashtag mm-hmm. not sponsored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love them. I've been using it every night, um, putting my phone on flight mode earlier than possible, humanly possible, like around nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Setting my alarm for the next gonna morning. Say like six. No, God, no. God, no. You gotta watch Dancing with the Stars and get all the action. Yeah, and, then. <laughs> and then lying on my Shark D for like 10 minutes. And then I just literally almost die. You I'm have to explain so what a Shark D is. A Shark D mat. Sorry, good for context. It's like a little foam mat thing covered in these little plastic spikes. It's like acupressure. I'm looking at Alice. I feel like she knows. Is that acupressure? <laughs> Lots of little spikes. It hurts like hell the first couple of times and you're like, that's crazy. Why mm. would you ever lie on it? it is actually, you're like, these are going to pierce my skin. Yeah. I'm going to have this thing And you do get me. like quite fetching uh, <laughs> dots along the back, which I quite like. Like yeah. I suddenly become quite into it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but they aren't actually sharp enough to pierce. They're not sharp enough to pierce the skin. But it, it feels does like make there's a, dent. a possibility. It feels very sore. But then once the pain subsides, which takes maybe a couple of tries or, you know, you really got to stick it out for over like two or three minutes, I'd say. It just like becomes the most relaxing. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like it's literally changed my sleep forever. Mm. And I'm all the way into sleep now. So that's my cool tip. <laughs> all into sleep. You weren't sure before. I genuinely wasn't. No. I used to be like, sleep is so stupid. Give me my phone. <laughs> and now I'm into it. So it took me yeah. 26 years to figure that out. Sleep. And, and how many nights in a row did you use your Shakti? Shakti? Or I used it borrowed, solidly. Borrowed I, borrowed, I borrowed Don's for about a week. Yeah. And I found when I didn't have it or I didn't use it, I noticed a difference. I woke up and I'm like, <gasps> where are the spikes? Give me the spikes. And once <laughs> I fell asleep on it, I dragged, when I was drunk, I dragged it into bed <laughs> and oh fell asleep God. on it. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> Do you I feel like it doesn't have quite the same health benefits in that scenario? Definitely not. I was like, this will make me not hungover. <laughs> if I pass out on the shark D, Don doesn't know that. He doesn't listen. It's fine. <laughs> This might be a dumb question. Do you yeah. go with the with clothes on? No way, baby. Yeah, I was gonna say because would it like so? Because you start with a thin, stick, th- start with a thin t-shirt if you're okay. like a little bit scared. But yeah, just get full skin. Oh really? All the time. I didn't yeah. know that. I got my mum a foot one for Christmas. Mm. She humoured me for the two nights that I was there around <laughs> Christmas. She even managed to get up to a couple of minutes of standing on it. Mm. I don't know if she kept going. I need I need to encourage her to keep going with it. I highly recommend. That's a cool tip. Oh. Um, well, speaking of pain, mm-hmm. I this is the only thing I've been doing that's remotely beneficial to my life. So I hate running and I have hated it my whole life. Um, but I have started and it's not as bad as I thought. Oh, real breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stop the presses. Yeah. But no, but like, because I listened to this one podcast that was like inspirational, David mm-hmm. Goggins talking to Joe Rogan. He is like, it, <laughs> he is ridiculous, his story. So go listen if you haven't. But um, his takeaway was uh, do something you hate every day, Ooh. which doesn't mean do something that's going to be bad for you and that's why you hate it. Like, do something that's good for you, but you mm. don't mm. want to every day. And so I, I think it was after maybe in March when I was probably in my laziest and heaviest and unfittest, just all bad things, um, I just was like, I'm going to go see how far I can run. And I think I went nine minutes and four seconds. And then I was like, that's it, I'm done. 
<laughs> Goodbye. And it's ages. Is it? No, no, it's oh, I was not. like, this is good. No, it's not. Like, this is supposed to be like a jog. Oh. Um, but then I like listened to the thing that was like, <laughs> you're not supposed to run fast. You're supposed to run really slowly, which I didn't know. I thought you were supposed to run sort of. I mean, aren't you a professional athlete <laughs> of yeah. some kind? Even I know champion? that you don't start running by running quickly. No, but it was like, I thought that at the end of your run, you should be very tired mm. and like right. puffed and <laughs> yeah. sweaty and, you know, because otherwise, what did you and do? Dying. True. But it was like, no, when you finish your run, you should be breathing fine and blah, 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 which is why I only lasted nine minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was sort of like, it's kind of nice to do something going, I'm only going to do this as long as it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And then you finish. And then you just carry on with your day mm. as opposed to I'm going to keep going till I almost die <laughs> and then I feel real good about myself because I've worked hard or whatever. So I've been doing that and just adding, slowly adding minutes on. Oh, yeah, wow. that's good. And it's been really good. Um, I still hate running, mm. but it's like less of a, um, I don't know, gross you need Gross to do it activity. while you're young as well because it's too hard on your joints when you get older. Oh, no, my knees are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I have now realised I've got bad knees. <laughs> so I learned that as well in the process. This but I would great. say just running 10 minutes. 10 minutes, very Same. slow. Never, never trying to run too fast, just breathing steady. And then you just finish and you finish and you kind of go, oh, I didn't really, didn't really do much. Mm. But it's good for you. So I like that as a cool tip. Yep. Might as well. Sleep, Start run, slowly. Sleep, don't run. boil your undies in the gut. <laughs> oh, <don't laughs> it's the holy of, trinity, really. Don't have a tea. <laughs> Should we talk about incels? Uh, Leone, you brought this up today. Do you want to? Do you want to brief us in? I've I've like been trying to not learn too much about incels. Yeah. <laughs> so you I'm a little afraid, but try and keep it. Just close your ears for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Enlighten no, us. There, I had come across incels as a concept. Well, actually, know the people themselves as well. A, a couple of years ago, I, I used to. <laughs> Spend most of my free time, or my computer time anyway, on Reddit. I was actually really into hanging out on Reddit. Um, mostly, um, the, mostly the subreddit that is for women like me, because it's a very funny subreddit called um, it, Troll X Chromosomes. Ah, uh, yeah. I think you talked about that before, that's right. Um, which is the alternative <laughs> to the other lady subreddit was just called X Chromosomes. Um and because, you know, the rest of Reddit, a little bit of a scary place, mm. fairly misogynistic, like most um, large social media sites. Um, and a friend of mine started sending me like screen grabs of some stuff from these guys called incels. And the, like the language that they use for women and other men, I just thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. They call women Stacys. What? And uh, the whole thing is about being angry at Stacey's for wasting their time and having sex with chads, which uh, other men, presumably physically uh, more impressive (laughs) men than they are. Um, So there's this really intriguing, like, language, which I just found, like, hilarious. And um, they sort of spoke of women kind of on the one hand, like, being these, um, like, sex robots that didn't really know what was going on in the world. They just sort of walk around just like randomly having sex with chads that come near them. Like it was this really amazing sort of detached way of seeing the world, at least the way that they spoke about it. And it didn't really occur to me that it was dangerous. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's just so stupid, you know, mm. like, and you're just like, man, these guys are so sad that w- surely we're, we're talking about sort of 10 to 20 people in all of the world, you know, like it just seemed like very small. There wasn't much support, even on Reddit, as terrible a place as Reddit is, there wasn't any support for them. It was mostly people making fun of them. Mm-hmm. But as these things do, it grew. And people who... I guess traditionally would maybe not have that much luck with women or, you know, I, I know people that lost their virginity in their twenties. It's not like a, doesn't make you like the biggest freak in the world, but I can imagine it's frustrating, you know, all those years of wondering if you're normal or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of these guys, instead of sort of waiting it out, I guess, as some people just have to do, they found each other online and they got angry together Oh, and so incel means involuntary celibate. So it's people who are mad that no one has wanted to have sex with them yet. The world has forced them to be uh, virgins and celibate and they are entitled to sex and they are furious that sex is happening to other men that aren't them, basically. Mm. And if there's one way to get sex, it's to jump on a forum. <laughs> <laughs> and talk to other people who are also not having sex. Wildly contradicting as well, because I, I was reading this great piece about it this morning. It's, it turns out that the sex that they want and the women that they're talking about, um, because it sort of invariably leads to other forms of bigotry. And basically mm. all that they think they're entitled to is sex with good-looking, like conventionally good-looking white women. It's It's mm. not... They're not looking for someone who looks like them or has the same values as them and wants to settle down, you know. They're not talking about relationships. They're not talking about relationships. The anger is about these, like, mythical stasis, these good-looking women, and it's nothing to do with what their hopes and aspirations Mm. are for a partner or Mm. children or a family or anything. So it's, like, it's, Mm. it's very strange on the one hand to be walking around the world with your finger outstretched, accusing people of being shallow, when central to your anger is mm. this idea that a, someone who looks like a Playboy model won't sleep with you. Mm. It's very strange. But um, so last week, was it last week? Um, a, a, a kid named Alex, uh, no, Alec um, Manassian in Canada who is um, known for being an incel and who had um, posted on Facebook that day about uh, an incel rebellion, drove his car into a crowd of people um, and killed 10 people, and most of them were women. And he, he'd, you know, posted all kinds of messages for years about um, about incels and the incel rebellion. And he called himself, they call themselves um, Supreme Gentlemen. And he'd sort of, <laughs> like, I'm a Supreme Gentleman. Or they refer to other incels, <clears throat> or maybe incels who are sort of higher up in the hierarchy as Supreme Gentleman Elliot and Supreme Gentleman. It's so it's fucked so up. Freaky. But so yeah, it has so real, it has real world consequences. It has real world consequences now. It went from being this um this funny screenshots to um mm. being this quite scary murderous movement. Mm. That um I mean yeah, the language changed very drastically in a very short amount of time of just people sort of being mad to genuinely like promoting violence against women. Like that's central to a lot of what they talk about in the forums is promoting rape and murder and violence against women. It's it's crazy. And in that in the, in those instances, does Reddit or does the platform do anything or So Reddit has actually closed down all of their incel forums. Right. They actually started doing that last year, mm-hmm. November I think. Um 
But I think it is one of those things where it's quite easy for things to just pop up again. And like places like 4chan I, I don't have the same kind of um, moderation. So they're everywhere still, just not maybe on Reddit. Oh, dear. Mm. It's um, dire. I saw a thing that was like an incel, I guess you'd say meme, that was like all the different types of guys that there are. And there's the chads. And it basically just had photos of like actual supermodels mm. not like these are your regular good like just i don't know whatever you'd call the one percent of supposedly good looking guys and then there was um i forgot what the next one was but it was like they would say like a an eight eight to nine out of ten face um <laughs> oh, these are the characteristics um, blah, blah blah usually able God. to sleep with someone uh a few times a week you know, this and that, like stuff like that. And then the it's one. Fantastical, yeah. eh? And then they like, have like. Majorly Black these, Mirror. Yeah, they have mm. like incel. And they showed a picture of guys who are supposedly these like, no one wants to sleep with them. And it was like <clears throat> three to four out of ten face and features. Um, typically won't be able to get anyone to sleep with them. And you look at them and they're just ordinary, nice looking guys. Mm. And it was like, if you look like that. And you're saying no one ever wants to talk to you. No girl ever wants to sleep with you. It's probably, it's not because of your looks. It's, yeah. not because, yeah. it's maybe because you're like a bigoted ball of rage. <laughs> but it was yeah. this weird thing where all of the people that they were saying like, ah, oh, that's me. You know, I'm a f- five out of 10. No, blah, blah. And mm. I was like, uh, these all look like perfectly nice people, um, except the one that they use for like the very bottom, which was like, I don't know, it's one almost like a fake image of like the ugliest, you know, mm. quote unquote, ugliest person you've ever seen. But it was like, but they were all going, yeah, fucking chads, you know, blah, blah, blah. Wow. I was like, there really aren't that many chads out there. <laughs> so. Yikes. They even have really weird theories on stuff. I'm just going back through some messages, some screenshots that a friend of mine <laughs> sent me. Um, things like uh, such insights is tampons are not something decent women use they're more of a tool to masturbate just like real (laughs) just we haven't learned anything about life but we're all just telling each other things what is vagina (laughs) that is crazy that's a good segue into yeah should i talk about using a moon cup is that what you mean (laughs) i could talk about something else uh, yeah, so this month, I guess, and there was a news story that um, was not what inspired me to use it because it probably would have put me off. But the, the findings that uh, moon cups, it's not so much um, that they're more dangerous, it's that there hasn't been a lot of research into the, you know, the presence of certain bacteria and the way you're supposed to sort of properly clean them and sterilize them, suggesting that we maybe need to look into it more and also take better care of moon cups being a little silicone thingy not unlike i have these little measuring cups that pop out those silicone <laughs> oh, ones yeah. they're exactly the same <laughs> um that you pop up in there <laughs> and you get to leave them for 12 hours allegedly <laughs> we'll get to that later um and it's like zero waste you know you just tip it out rinse it out uh, you're supposed to sort of now we've learned maybe sterilize them have a couple that you swap out during during your cycle um but I had my first moon cup experience uh, last month and I 
Loved it. Great. <laughs> the first three days were like a living I, hell. Yeah. I Honestly. was going to say, I feel like when I first talked to you about it, maybe love was not the word that was used, but I guess that might have been a couple of days. I came around to it. You have to walk sure. through fire first. Sure. Like the Shakti man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And like I had a lot of, I had it and I got my period and I was like, no, I'm too scared. I'm not doing it. Fuck it. So I didn't. And then I got drunk. This is a theme. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm ready. Um, and then I'm going to go sleep on a shark too bad. <laughs> so I did it. But, and this is the key thing is do not put it up too high. How do you know? How, how do you know it's if it's too high? Because you lose it. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Did you lose it? Yeah. <laughs> And I honestly, Tonight, yeah. I think that might have been the morning that I saw you because oh, I was like a yeah. veteran coming back Did from Did you do war. like Kegel exercises? <laughs> I literally to had to basically give birth to it. Like I had to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So don't put it too high. It is not- We're going to have to put a warning on this episode. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's just, um, yeah, it doesn't need to go as high. And if you do do it too high, don't panic. Just breathe deeply. Yeah. Um, this too Kegel. shall pass. <laughs> True. I imagine it's hard to get out of the habit of this needs to go as high as possible because that's what I was taught. But it's a different sort of retracts it in weirdly anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) keeps it keeps it cozy. Yeah. Um. But once I figured that out, um, it was like incredible, and I started to get like weirdly obsessed with it, where I became like incredibly comfortable talking about how much blood there was in it, Mm. like. I upset a lot of people around me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually fascinating because you never get to see it all kind of happen in the raw, you know? (laughs) So day one Mm -hmm. of your period, how many mils are we talking? Yeah. So the whole thing is like a shot glass. It's like 30 mils, I understand. Um, That's that's quite a lot. That's heaps. Shot glasses are massive. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, because everyone's like, you never fill it up. Oh, small shot. (laughs) You were like, I'll prove you wrong. You want to see me on day three? (laughs) So day three was where I had a code red. (laughs) In uh, in Wellsford, I was on a road trip. And I was like, this will be totally sweet. You're going to sit 12 hours. Don't worry about it. It Mm, was a problem. Um, it's not 12 hours. And I had to go to a public toilet. It had no locks on the doors. <laughs> so it was... Someone walks in and you holding it. And I was like, no, <laughs> trying to sh- keep the door shut, trying to deal with the literally a murder scene. Um, yeah. But I got through it. And then once I realized, I was like, okay, you just need to be more vigilant on your yeah. heavy days. I'd recommend keeping a liner in there as well. Uh, yeah. If you're not entirely confident. But honestly, incredible. A friend of mine has a horror story about having to change a moon cup in a public restroom, in a restaurant restroom, mm-hmm. um, and having to sort of, you know, wait, pop out to the sink. Oh, but yeah. then the sink came on, the tap came on in a rush, <laughs> and she painted the walls. Oh, my God. Wait. Of a restaurant bathroom. Actually, that's a good point. What happens if you need to – because for me – Public bathroom, like mm. going to the mall, is actually the best because they've got the bins and stuff. And you're like, oh, love it, yeah, yeah. I don't have to dispose of it. Cool. Yeah. Um, what do you do when you go somewhere like that? But there's no sink. Yeah. yeah. You, you just tip it out and you deal with it. Ooh. Oh, into, okay, into the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if that, is that, it's not scientific is that advice. Is the bacteria? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the bad time. Now there's the bad time. Research about how just a quick rinse is not. Yeah, there might not Quite be enough. Or a white. I mean, that was the other thing is a white. But yeah, I mean, you sort of have to. I was lucky in that I sort of, I was at the batch. Like, you know, I had. I'm just imagining it's not like it just would flop over. Like, because it's like rubber, right? Oh, it's incredibly. This is the other thing I couldn't believe. I mean, I had to buy, I bought a diva cup. 
One not actually a registered trademark moon cup. A diva cup is just the same, but it's just for okay. divas. Oh, <laughs> and it costs 60 bucks for some reason. But I was in, I had this big moment of inspiration. I was like, I'm going to do it this time. And so I went to the chemist warehouse and that was all they had was just a diva cup for 60 bucks. Hmm. So mm. Moon Cup's a brand name. I actually think it's a brand. Uh, yeah, that's sort of I'd say, I'd say. sort of taken over the market. It's nicer than menstrual cup. <laughs> yeah. And Diva Cup's a bit like, what do you say? Maybe we need to claim <laughs> menstrual back. Yeah. <laughs> we can't go around thinking it's a bad word. It's a great word. <laughs> but it's very, um, what I was going to say is it's very thick. Like the rubber is a lot thicker oh, than you'd expect. So when you pull it out, it doesn't like, you don't go like this and it, it doesn't know, hold flop. it up and no, it just no, flops God, no. over. That's no. the other thing is like. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was imagining. Like just oh, no, walking around like and <laughs> Loosey goosey. It's very rigid. But that's the other thing is like when you fold it up, they say you've got to kind of fold it in half, pop it up and it goes. Oh my god! <laughs> and like suctions to like the an side, umbrella. an upside down yeah. umbrella. So when you pull it out, you kind of you bend it a little bit to change the shape of it to get it out. But if that pings open, oh too my soon, god! Oh no! Tis a pain. <laughs> it really hurt. It freaked me out a bit the first time it happened, and then I pinged it open, and uh, yeah, I had a blood all over the walls kind of thing. <laughs> that happened as well. You, yeah, beware the ping. Is the and you said you saying. love this thing. I love it though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's just you have to make all those mistakes, I think. Mm-hmm. So I recommend, like, stay safe, mm-hmm. stay home. <laughs> I suppose it's like, like the um, first periods episode of the pod that we did. Yes. I mean, even when you're learning how to use, like, just regular tampons and pads and stuff, it mm. takes practice. Mm. And there's disasters all over the place. So I imagine it's yeah. the same thing, just getting used to. Yeah. This is, like, high risk, high reward, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm convinced. Try it out, but how do it do for, the research. How was it for pain? I noticed when I started using pads instead of tampons, the pain went down a lot. Really? Yeah. I've never really had any pain problems, but my friends who have had like bad cramps and stuff say it's like totally changes everything. It goes away. Mm, but that's okay. their personal experience. It's not doctor's advice. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I have to preface it. everything. Oh, yeah. I'll take it as <laughs> law and fact. It's also cool just not to have like a string, you know, <laughs> string hanging around. But yeah, that was my experience. I'd like to know if anyone else out there actually get in touch. You can message us on the Rag Pod on our Facebook page. I think we should. Uh, I think we should talk about this. Yeah, I want to know more too. What I'm. What needs a more anecdote. What I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. This is me having bad visuals in my mind. You know when you have a tampon and you leave it in too long, mm-hmm. and it just sort of soaks through, and you're essentially just having your period without a tampon in. Mm-hmm. It seems like when that thing goes like ping inside, it just seals off the whole whatever, which means that even when the cup is full, it just, it, I'm just imagining it blocking up. Nah, it doesn't happen. It finds a way. So it, it leaks out. Oh, it right, leaks. Right. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Life <laughs> finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, but great. I, didn't, I couldn't quite follow what you were asking there. I got it. I, got I know what you mean. And then yeah. I was thinking, I was like, so when you lie down, does all, <laughs> all just like just flows back? back. Yeah. yeah. Or like if you take it out and then it's just like. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Yeah. It's never I that I need intense. to know every it's single never scenario that intense, But I was I... taken aback because everyone was like, it's fine. The cup never fills. Man, I get like nothing. And I was like, oh <laughs> my God. What an overachiever. It was like, that was a full shot <laughs> and a half. Um, and what's the deal with the uh, sterilization or whatever? Like, what do they recommend that you <laughs> put in a kettle? Do yeah. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, basically put it in a kettle. Right. You're supposed to boil it, I think, before and after. But there's new research that's coming out saying, yeah. well, there's new research that's saying you should either have multiple that you sterilize between mm. uses um, or yeah you sterilize 
Yumunka each time, I think. Yeah. But what's interesting, I feel like, is that, I mean, Susie Wiles, uh, scientist, spinoff contributor, mm. yeah. has put this, this kind of open call out for scientists and, and menstrual cup users to contribute to this ongoing project because they've realized there's just not enough data or research around mm. it, yes. which is just kind of crazy because yeah. they've I been mean, around for ages now. I get that, um, yeah, you should definitely, it sounds like you should definitely <laughs> like sterilize them. Mm. But someone did make a point, I don't know, in the comments or something, of just like, people used to just wash, literally wash the rags mm. and then reuse them, which is obviously much less sanitary. Yeah, but they like a silicone. didn't go inside of you. They just went underneath. Is it, do they have to go? I think it sort of changes when you're talking about something that goes inside of you uh. because the... The mm. bacterial flora oh, is yeah. quite different and sensitive, I guess. Mm. Well, I retract that statement. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever said that was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my guess. Yeah. <laughs> also, not a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's been a lot of science. There's been a lot of good medical advice. Please consult your doctor before doing anything yeah. and do not listen Sorry, to we'll us. Sorry, we'll get Susie on next time. <laughs> Should we talk about what we've been watching and reading this month? Mm. I'd like to give a big shout out to the terrifying, vomit-inducing second season of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> oh, not really. I'm just not ready. <laughs> have you not? Have you watched? I it? haven't okay. watched season two. The first ten minutes of episode one. Honestly, some of the most traumatic shit I've ever seen. Oh, I don't wanna. <laughs> Alice I'm is nodding scared. and holding the sides of her face. It's true, but it's also just an amazing show. Is it? How many how many episodes are you in? Have you done it all? I've watched two. You've watched two? Yeah. Because the only way I can handle traumatic TV shows is if they, kind of like Game of Thrones, is if in the same episode where you're heavily traumatized by something, they give you a glimmer of hope. Mm. Is there little... anything in those first couple of episodes? There are glimmers. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. There are glimmers. Good. But... I mean, there are glimmers in season one and yeah, they take us away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just as easy. Um, yeah. It's also cool because it's like the book, you know, they've, they've gone beyond the book now. They're in a different, they're kind of freeballing. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which in the context of like where season one finished and what happened in the world. Yeah. It's just quite interesting to see all of that play out and they're allowed to, I guess, react to it in a more straightforward way than when they're just going off the book, even though the book is kind of this horrible, timeless. Yeah. Horrible parable. Yeah, so that's me. What about you guys? Um, I have a movie to recommend. I went and saw it at um, the Academy last week. So whichever town you're in, you could probably, hopefully, see it in um, whatever cinema plays the small arty films. Um, it was called Faces Places. It's a French movie. I think the French title was Visages Villages. Mm-hmm. Um, about Agnes Varda, who is um, now like maybe 90 years old, nearly 90, who was the only sort of female director really um, among the French New Wave um, cinema. And uh, it's her and this really young um, mural painter. They go on this journey together across France, um, taking photos of locals and turning them into really large-scale murals in that tiny little farming town. And it's so great. She's mm. so amazing. It's really beautifully made. So they made the film together as well as start in the film together. Um, the the mural painter's name is JR. And he kind of looks a little bit too cool for school, but their friendship is actually totally delightful. Like you think he's going to be maybe a little bit of a, an art world wanker, but he's actually great. So yeah, it's a buddy film about a 90-year-old and a 34-year-old 
uh, just on an epic road trip across France making art together and it's just heartwarming. And she's just rad. She's such an inspiration. Yeah. Cool. So that's my Watch Club re- recommendation. Um, <laughs> mine is, I just started watching it this weekend, Agritsuko on Netflix. It's an anime, mm-hmm. it's like an anime uh, short season. It stands for Aggressive Retsuko, who is the main character, and she's a 25-year-old panda Love it. Um, <laughs> who hates her office job and her misogynist boss. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is because <laughs> I saw someone was on Twitter posting, like, screen grabs, and the screen grabs are real funny, like the quotes. And so I thought, oh, all right, I'll see. I haven't, I don't really watch, I don't think I've watched any anime before. And I watched it. They're only, like, 15-minute episodes. And she's just this really sort of calm... Pleasant, overly polite anthropomorphic panda. <laughs> and she like shows up to work yes, accidentally man. in her crocs in the first scene and she's like <laughs> devastated, you know, and she doesn't know how to get out of it. Um, but then she, because I was going, okay, is this just going to be sort of these like dainty mishaps of a 25 year old single panda? <laughs> um, but then she encounters the boss who is a pig and he's like a very aggressive, gross misogynist like real on the nose sort of mm-hmm. bad boss and then aggressive Ritsuko comes out who is a death metal performer <laughs> and she goes into like have you seen Scott Pilgrim no. yes one of my favorite films of all time so good okay so you know when they like break into song and it gets all the visuals and like mm-hmm. he's like screaming into the it's like that but she's just has little rage attacks. Oh, my God. So she's like, real pleasant, real pleasant. And then the boss says something. And then suddenly it's like, shitty boss, <laughs> shitty boss. And like, just screaming. And then she'll just go back to me. To death metal. Okay. Yes, oh, to death metal. Sounds so and then amazing. after work, to let out all her rage, she goes to karaoke by herself and just oh rages in karaoke and then goes home. It's it. really good. And like somehow this... Sort of like how everyone says BoJack is like the most human show. BoJack Horseman's the most human show. It's like... I felt seen mm-hmm. by this panda, <laughs> by this angry panda. It's really good. And the episodes are all like under 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So they're just real short oh, it's a dream. and sweet. And yeah, very cool. I like it. Cool. That's excellent. What about books or fun articles? Now, I read a really great article recently um, on Noisy, which mm-hmm. is um, Vice's uh, music website, music channel. Um, which I just thought was just a really interesting insight. Um, it was about um, Big Fredia, who is a um, like a bounce musician from New Orleans, which is a sort of a, I mean, it's, no, it's in the, in the title, but it's sort of like a form of hip hop that's got more of a sort of a, a bounce beat to it. Um, Big Fredia has been around for like a really long time. Um, she's a trans artist. She's African-American. Um, hugely popular, but has sort of only recently in the last couple of years sort of started featuring in much bigger artists' music um, through samples and guest spots and whatnot. She's on Beyonce's formation um, and uh, in Drake's new single, Nice For What. Um, And uh, this guy wrote this really interesting article for Noisy called, uh, the writer's name is Miles E. Johnson, about how um, Big Fredia's voice is acceptable in mainstream pop music but her face and body is not and um I I just hadn't really ever thought about it before but she sampled really liberally 
everywhere, mm. but she herself is never included wow. in the video or mm. the promotional material or the interviews or anything like that. And it's just a really great insight into sort of this idea that we think we're sort of super progressive about including artists like this, but actually their bodies are still completely erased by what we see and what we experience of the music. And, um, you know, I'm loath to think of Beyonce as anything but an actual angel from heaven who's been sent to save us. Mm-hmm. But she's, yeah, she's totally not um, off the hook here, actually. And it just sort of takes one person to point these things out to you sometimes that make you go... So yeah, we'll post mm. it. Um, I'll post a link on our Facebook because I just thought it was a, it was a good chin strokey piece. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, my reading is sort of also a confession corner. Cool. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> um, Merge yeah. synergy because I started. I was telling Leone, I started reading The Power. Yeah. By Naomi Alderman, and I read the first like two chapters and I was like oh my god I'm in I'm hooked and then I thought I'm only going to read it on the bus it'll be like my commute uh book and I did that for like a week and I got maybe two-thirds of the way through and then I just sort of I was just like oh it's too much I was like oh it's it's too heavy like it was (laughs) so serious and I was like oh this is making me sad and so then I just read an old Royal Dahl book <laughs> and, I, and I picked up Danny the Champion of the World and I was like maybe I'm just not really in like a book reading mode yeah I read that all in one sitting <laughs> I like right? s- like Saturday afternoon there are other things you can do it yeah. was sunny outside and I just read the whole thing I realized sometimes sort of like when you watch movies or you go on Netflix and you're like I'm gonna watch something really mm. like critically mm-hmm. acclaimed mm-hmm. everyone said to watch this and then you just end up watching like an old episode of I don't know, drag race or something. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of like that. And I was like, maybe you should do that with books. Because I do that all the time with movies. I just watch the same movies over and over because I know they're going to be good and I know I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and so I sort of started doing that with books. I'm just kind of rereading stuff bit. that I know I really liked, yeah. you know, yeah. 15 years ago. Comfort and, reading. And finding that they're just as good. Like sometimes you go, oh, what if this turns out to be real bad and my child self had bad taste? But it's like, yeah, it's kind of nice. I it's like also it. good to take a break from consuming that sort of relentless, yeah, really bleak media. Cause, yeah, because all the non-fiction I read that's like news, most of it's pretty dark. Mm. I read, I, I uh, went back through the winners of the Pulitzer Prize for feature, mm-hmm. and all of them are so dark. Yeah. One was about talking to parents who accidentally kill their children by locking them in cars oh and forgetting about them. So after reading that, I was like, I don't want to read fictional dark stuff mm. as well. You mm. know, I just want to feel good. Got to reset it. On that note, actually, on the set of The Handmaid's Tale, they watch The Bachelor. So it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. The light and the dark. Oh, you right. Yeah. consume it all when That's you're like between takes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I've been reading Robert Webb's uh, memoir, How Not to Be a Boy. I love it. It's so funny. I mean, Robert Webb, I only really know him from as Jazz and Peep Show and the Mitchell and Webb, uh, Mitchell and Webb, that's just what it's called, eh? Mm. Mitchell and Webb. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is like, he writes about his life, but what he's really writing about the whole time is masculinity Mm. and the failings of it and 
He talks a lot about his dad and his family, but it's just done in the most like subtle way. Like it's not, I mean, obviously it's called how not to be a boy. He's kind of decided (laughs) that, but all the way through it, you sort of just see these things unfurl without him ever being like, this is why this is like this, you know, it's just like this very sort of gentle, um, yeah, exploration of masculinity in a way that doesn't feel like I'm an authority and I'm on the hill. You know, it doesn't feel like that sort of virtue signaling uh, thing. And I think it's like, it feels really refreshing to see a man talk about gender roles yeah. in that way without, you know, trying to sound like a Twitter academic or anything like yeah. that. Just being like, here's the real measurable things from my life. Here's how masculinity affected me growing up. Here's how it affected my whole family. And here's how I am now as like a father. It's just, yeah, I highly recommend it. Mm. It's um quite moving as well. Cool. And it's very funny. He's like the funniest writer ever. There's great, like, goofy photos in it of him as a kid, which I'm always into. <laughs> I always, like, zoom ahead. Like, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> if I see those, like, bright white pages yeah. in the <laughs> middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, How Not to Be a Boy, Rob Webb, who's also actually coming to the uh, Readers and Writers Festival. Yeah. Doing a session with Noel McCarthy, which I think will be really, really great. Yeah, that sounds good, eh? I want to boost that hard, I actually. I lots of men go. I hope it's not just yeah. sympathetic ladies. Yeah, it's kind of one of those ones I want to leave on the train again. Mm. Or uh, oh, yeah. like, like find like a girl. <laughs> the ones you sort of just want the exact yeah. right person to pick it up and have a little read. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have any other uh, readers and writers recommendations? I've just read the Women's Bookshop uh, bust their freaking asses mm. for the Readers and Writers Festival. I just remembered. <laughs> like all the books, you know how there's like amazing uh, bookseller mm. stalls? Them and Unity do the whole thing. And it's crazy. It's like their big operation. Wow. So I just wanted to give a shout out. If you want to look into the Readers and Writers program, mm. there's a hell of a lot of good things. Mad Chapman's in an event, aren't you, Mad? <laughs> I am. Go see yep. Mad at the very least. Uh, 18th of May. 18th of May. Yep. Six <laughs> o'clock at, I believe, Unity Books in Auckland on High Street. Mm. Um, David Slack is chairing a event on fake news. Where a bunch of writers basically get given a brief of a plausible event and then do whatever they want with it and make it fake, but also sort of sell it. I think the idea is to show how easy it is to kind of oh, cool. take mm. something and make it false while still sort of being believable. Not That's about all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have not written mine, so <laughs> it's going to be good. Also, the night before, I just wanted to give a shout out to the National Council for Women who are having their uh, speech competition for Year 13s. The theme this year is 100 Years On, Where To From Here at the Domain Lodge in Grafton. I might go along because I always Mm. get really rocked up when I see young people talk. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love a good speech. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll come to that. (laughs) Um, What else do we got? Mad, you've already confessed this month. Confession Corners. Leonie, do you have anything you want to confess to that made you feel like well, a, a bad person? <laughs> Funnily enough, um, mm, my confession is tied in with the Readers Writers Festival. Mm-hmm. I, w- we got the um, the program here at the office last week. I went to the back to look at all the writers. Aside from the people that were in that program who I work with, mm-hmm. I didn't recognize a single author. And it was oh, a real... Yeah, I think I'd be the same. It was a real eye-opener for me is how out of touch I am right now. I mean, also, I mean, I, it must it, – it is just me. It must just be me. The, the last year and the year before, there's been, like, writers that I loved that I wanted to go mm-hmm. to. But, like, this year, there was no sort of 
Teju Coles or Roxane Gaze or the people who sort of are in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. of writers that I read regularly. And so outside of that bubble, I realized that I don't read anything else. And I felt, I feel really, I feel bad and lacking and that I just, it's not too late. Yeah, it's not too late. It's not too late. I've got plenty of time, but I feel just terrible about that. I mean, there's like performers and stuff at, at it, mm. but the actual authors, the people who wrote books and are coming here to talk about them, <laughs> I don't know who any of them are. <laughs> you have two weeks to read hundreds and hundreds um, of books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I looked and I was like, oh, I recognize some of these names. And then I realized the only reason I recognize them is by because I have to put together the reviews for the book section. <laughs> so I had read their names before. <laughs> You'll be that, absorbing no. so much stuff, though. Saying that, there are heaps of cool events that I'm really looking forward to. There's one um, uh, about Rowley Habib, who was um, this really amazing Māori writer and playwright. Um, it's called Portrait of an Artist Mongrel, and um, a bunch of Māori uh, actors and performers will be performing some of his work, which I reckon is going to be really cool. Um, and there is another um, event that I am going to go along to called Are We There Yet? Mm-hmm. Um, the Women in Equality in Aotearoa, um, which is uh, for artists, no, sorry, for writers who have gone along to the um, exhibition at the Museum on Women's Suffrage at Auckland Museum that's still being put together. So they've been given access to um, a bunch of the exhibits and then they've written something in response to it which I also think will be really cool. That's got um, Tusiata Avia, Alice Canton, Emma Espiner, and Linda Olsen reading out their work. Shout out. Mm, mm. My confession is a bit bad. It happened only this morning. Mm. <laughs> so I was returning, I was, had, I was bringing Don's Shark Demat back, and it was a tote bag. It said feminist on it, massive letters, and I turned it around. <gasps> wow. I just went, not today. Not today. I just went, not today. Oh, do what you, know do you think what? of it? I, I feel so bad about it. I, I was just like, I can't. deleted. I wrote and then deleted the word feminist from my Tinder bio. Ah, oh, it's funny, eh? And it isn't because I don't want people to know I'm a feminist. It's because I don't want dicks to be dicks to me because I'm a feminist. Mm. Because you see lots of stuff online about people who just randomly message women who identify as feminists just with abuse. Totally. Yeah, I mean that was. I was like, I'm not not a feminist, (laughs) but just right now, walking down Queen Street, I'm like late, I'm tired, I'm stressed out. I just can't, you know, I can't handle one look or one heckle. Not that I don't even think that happens, but I also like, just don't like slogan bags. (laughs) That's a thing. That's definitely a thing. But yeah, I turned it around and I was like, this is a thing that you're doing. You're making a conscious decision to hold this with the blank side. What a a dick. (laughs) Well, no mm. one's perfect. No one's perfect. I mean, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you'll let me. You'll let me live. Yeah, yeah. it's a pass. Oh, thank it's a you. Pass. Thank you. What about mansplains? Wear it proudly next time. I will. Oh, I got the hella mansplains. I lost my car key recently, and it um, has a transponder chip inside of the car key that um, sort of uh, unlocks the car electronically before the actual key unlocks the car, and you have to have that little chip in it. Is my only car key, so I rang locksmiths to get a new key, and I knew it was going to be horrible because it needs to be programmed. It's going to cost lots of money. But I had all of the facts. I was armed with all the facts, so I could just call these locksmiths and make it very efficient. I rang the first man up. It was a man. (laughs) And I said, I have a Mitsubishi Mirage 2002. It has a transponder chip in the key. 
can you cut it for me? And he said, well, see, the thing about Mitsubishi Mirages is after about 2004, the key has a thing called a transponder <laughs> ship. And I said, I am aware of that. I just told you it has a transponder, and it's actually keys after 2000. And he said, how do you know that? I was like, what? Said, I, just said, I just said, I know many things, was my response. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, uh, uh, and then quoted me a very high price. So I thanked him for his quote and I said I'd call him back. And then I rang the second locksmith and uh-huh. a nice man answered. And I said, I have a 2002 Mitsubishi Mirage with a transponder chip in the key. How much? <laughs> oh, see, about 2000, 2002, they have chips in them. <laughs> Like, am I having a stroke? (laughs) What is happening here? Gave me a very high quote, only slightly lower than the man before him. (laughs) Third phone call. Very nice lady answers the phone. I tell her I have a 2002 Mitsubishi Mirage (laughs) with a transponder chip in the key. She says, hold on a sec. She comes back 30 seconds later and says, that'll cost you this much money. She did not once tell me (laughs) back to me about the chip. And it was half the price of the other two quotes. <laughs> That's so, yeah. amazing. That was my excellent double mansplain about transponder chips. Wow. You just persevere. Yeah. <laughs> push, push on through. <laughs> what about you, man? You got one from Twitter, I understand? Yes. So I wrote, um, I've been thinking about this story since like October of last year and I just got around to writing it. And there's a story about two noodle houses in Mount Albert they have the same name and they're owned by relatives and anyway, it's a whole story and I wrote the whole thing. It's a very good story. Look mm. it up on the spinner. It's very dramatic and talked to both of them, got each other, you know, anyway, wrote the whole thing, put it up on Twitter, uh, said, which one is the, re- whatever, a sell, which mm. one's the real deal? And a man named James replied, <laughs> So, you know, these restaurants used to be one. Then the brothers who co-owned it had a falling out. So put a wall up between them. They've since made amends, but the wall still remains. So he explained my story (laughs) that I had just posted back to me, except incorrectly, because that's not what happened. (laughs) If he would have read my story, he would have seen them talking about it themselves because they definitely do not like each other right now. (laughs) They have not made amends. Um. So then someone very cheekily from the spin-off account replied to him and said, this sounds super interesting. Please follow up <laughs> at Mad Mansion. <laughs> Are but you going yeah, to, though? It was, it was very sort of like, I couldn't tell if he thought maybe I hadn't done it yet and I, mm. yet, and I was genuinely asking which one's the real one or if he had read it and was like, you got that whole thing wrong, mm. did you actually know this is the correct story? But either way, it was a... Uh, it doesn't matter. And I'm sure it was a good, world, it doesn't matter. But um, people ch- chuck some likes on it, so <laughs> they oh, agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? They're like, they're like, Thanks for the TLDR. <laughs> Back the boys. <laughs> Crazy. My mansplain is not so much a mansplain, but it's a moment. And I've told you, I think I told you about this when it happened. So I went to a pub quiz and there was a team allowed in the quiz that was called Kick Her and the Cunt. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So I was sitting there. Admittedly, I'd had 4,000 glasses of wine. 
<laughs> but I was sitting there and I was like, this Same. is fucked, right? Looking around. Every time the quizmaster said it, everyone would like chuckle. And I was, was just it like, all men? Like, what was I the couldn't figure out which the, the team was. Oh. Uh, apparently, after I'd left, spoiler alert, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, they found out it was like, it was a mixed team. Right. Um, but I was like, who gives a shit? This Why? is me too. This Why? is the craziest thing ever. So I went out, I had a terse Why? word to the manager. <laughs> Who seems just like very apologetic and like panicky. Cause I was like, well, I can't ruin the quiz. I can't go up to, you know, the, yeah. the quiz master and I don't know. I didn't know what to do. Cause I just felt like I was going crazy. Like yeah. I was literally like, why is no one give a shit? This is the craziest thing ever. Terse word to the manager, terse email <laughs> to the, the email address. And they came back and it was like, to their credit, they, un- they, you know, they responded first of all, which I thought was great. And they seemed very sympathetic, but all they said was like, we will have a word about the use of vulgar language. And I was like, it wasn't the word cunt that upset me. Yeah. It was the kick her in there. <laughs> Which <laughs> on their action. own are not, vul- you know, they're yeah. lovely words. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not swear words, but it seemed like they didn't understand mm. still why that yeah. was upsetting. Yeah. It's just crazy. It was madness. It was 2018. And so you left the quiz? So I packed up my things. I paid for my outstanding savvies. <laughs> <laughs> Test word to the manager on the way out. <laughs> and then I got an Uber and went home. And then I just sat there for like a million years being like, am I crazy? Am I being a hysterical PC gone mad? Do I tweet this? I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, I don't know what to do right now. Because statistically, there are people in that room who have suffered, you know, domestic yeah, violence, sure. sexual violence. Sure. How is that name okay? Is it like a quote from a film? Like, I don't even get how you think mm, that that's a name for know. a thing. I don't want to Google it. It never seems heard that like before, a Mad Lib version of, um, oh my God, Grabbing by the Pussy. Oh, uh, yeah. No, yeah. Um, like, what if we just swap out every word for one yeah. that's kind of like Personalize it? Personalize it. <laughs> yeah. It was just weird. But then I was like... At least they responded. Probably Ooh, won't happen yep, again. Yep, update. Don't Google that phrase. Oh, don't, no, no, no. Don't oh Google it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to my eyes. But yeah, they responded and I appreciate that. But it's just, it was just one of those crazy, crazy nights. Can I ask, were you holding your feminist tote bag <laughs> when you did this? I was, but it was turned around. <laughs> just had to go home and have a, have a lie down on the shark there after that, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's me. What about Yas Queens? Let's end on on that note. <laughs> Let's flip it all around like the tote <laughs> and have something positive. <laughs> Who are your Yas Queens for the month? Wow. I have two. Who's and their names name? are Anika Moore and Hilary Barry. Yes, yes. <laughs> because that freaking two weeks of Seven Sharp, I've never watched so much 7pm current affairs on terrestrial television in my life. Really? But it was like unmissable. And then I binged it all. At the end of the at the end of the two weeks, to they get were all the so heavenly, weren't they? Moments. It was just amazing. They were so funny, so relaxed, and it was just like a different energy. And I just loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Shout out to them. They enjoyed each other's company. It was really nice to see. And I just like giggling and being stupid, and but not in a way that was like I just yeah yeah. It was just also, a, a total shift for your first like news or current affairs show job. Anika did an amazing job. Mm. Mm. I was kind of expecting her to come in charging with the f bombs and the c bombs and yeah, but for, for for that behavior you need to see her other TV show, don't yeah. you? Yeah, go on demand, go online, <laughs> the dark net, it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Have you got any any queens? Um, 
I I can only my memory lasts about twelve hours, so this is from well <laughs> twenty four hours is from last night. Um, the woman. Oh no, this could be completely wrong. Whoever was in charge of, and I'm just going to assume that there was a woman involved in this case. Mm-hmm. This is her. Um, for the, I know, old Spark ad of the mother on Father's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me cry every time and has been playing a lot during Dancing with the Stars, which is the only thing that I've <laughs> ever watched on TV in the last five years. Um, it's just such a good ad. Mm. And it's such a good sort of like, I don't know. I was like, because sometimes you see an ad start and you're like, oh, this is going to be emotional. And then it doesn't really have much of a payoff. It just kind of ends. But it's so good. Yeah. yeah. I like the single moms too. out there being dads. <laughs> oh. Ads that make you cry. Mm. Yeah. Especially when you're PMSy. Yeah. yeah. Got your moon cup <laughs> prepared. Be a whole podcast. Weeping into your moon cup. <laughs> I watched a video uh, of dads coming home to their babies oh from work oh on a God. YouTube channel that was called Babies with a Z TV. Oh. <laughs> and I got my period the next day. <laughs> what came first? The... <laughs> um, my ass queen uh, is um, Janelle Monae. Because yes. I yep. just am so inspired by her at the moment. And not just because the music that she makes is awesome, but the music that she's made on her new album, which just came out, which I can't for the life of me think of what it's called right now. Um, all of the songs on it basically are about how awesome women are um, and how uh, empowering it is to be a woman and to have a vagina or be a woman and not have a vagina. And... Um, Everything just looks amazing. Like aesthetically, I feel like she's pushed the envelope for what people are doing right now, like further than anyone else. Um, and then on top of that, like I guess like secondary ass queen, um, the actress Tessa Thompson is starring in most of her videos. And I don't know if they're a couple, but they if they are, I ship it so hard. <laughs> um, Janelle, I mean, a lot of the songs, again, I don't know if they've ever been confirmed, but it's... She's also sort of promoting her bisexuality and talking about, like, just making it actually seem like the coolest thing to be, basically. <laughs> I feel like she's going <laughs> to inspire a wave of bisexual kids. Um, but, yeah, so her and Tessa Thompson are fucking adorable and her lyrics are fire and her aesthetic is mean. And, yeah, so she's definitely my ass queen. Yes, queen. Yes. Yes. She Got also brought um, about the – did you see pansexual was the most searched uh, – Oh, is she pan? Yes. Oh, I didn't Dictionary know that. Okay. So mm. pansexual cool. and what is the difference between bisexual and pansexual were the, some of the most searched things wow. um, for definitions Great. after that Rolling Stone article came out where she said. I see. I haven't read it. So I'm underinformed. She is enlightening the world. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put that on our I love page. her. I love her. The other Yas Queen is Alice for recording this whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Alice. She's always there in the room. Thanks for sticking it out with us, guys. Uh, thanks to the Woman's Bookshop for making this happen. Head to our Facebook page to win Go Girl by Barbara Else. And we'll see you next month. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate.
The Spin-Off Podcast Network.